crazy i uh oh, hi by the way um if you're listening for the first time how you doing if you come back like normal it's really nice to have you back um obviously the canadian grand prix just finished uh i don't watch it at home because of children and my uh well, child and my girlfriend and such so i watch my watch it at my dad's then leg at home i've just got home starting to record a podcast um that was fucking crazy, right? Now, obviously, you know how we work things around here. We don't usually go from the back and work forward, but I think we know where the meat of this podcast is going to lie. So for this week, we're going to start at the back and work to the front. Yeah, I think that makes that makes everything much more fucking manageable because otherwise we're going to end up spending fucking half an hour talking about the, the situation. Um... And then skip through the other cars. We might as well skip through the cars first, have a chat about who did good, who did a good job, who didn't do, a, who didn't do a good job, and then we'll 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 get to the front of the field and talk about the winner. Um, I just did air quotes. Then I just did like little air quotes, and um, I'm on my own, which is weird. And obviously, I I haven't I haven't started doing this as a as a YouTube show either, so. No one else can see me apart from my little T-Rex, which is sat by my laptop. Anyway, uh, my heart bleeds to start with for Lando Norris. Um, the guy has no luck. It looked like he'd hit Champions Wall, didn't it, for a split second? But uh, I must admit, when I when I saw the back end of his car, I thought, fuck, that's, um, that's buckled a lot and not come off. You know, it's a, it seemed like a strange, strange incident. When you saw it, um, another a listener of the podcast also uh, tweeted uh, tweeted a pic or sent a picture on Facebook saying uh, Lando's brakes were on fire, which I think was before before the before the incident happened. Uh, he was at Canada. Thank you for that. I, I, I should I should give you a heads up. I, I should quote you, but I I haven't got Facebook open. I'm really sorry. Um, it's, I said it last week, didn't I? If I support you, if I support you, you're going to fail your fucking. Your career is over. I've I've fucking put my curse upon Lando. I didn't mean to. I like Lando. He seems nice. He plays video games. He's one of us. But he was doing well too. He qualified well. Seemed to have race pace. You know, he overtook Max Verstappen at one point. It's he's good. He's he, I God. I really hope that his luck doesn't end up him with him being Julian Palmered. You know, I really. I, I really hope he things turn around for him and he can start showing people how good he is. But anyway, there's no sense going on about a guy where whose fucking wheel melted his fucking suspension. So yeah, a real shame for Lando. Uh, a real shame for Alex Albon uh, as well. He was on for a good race. I mean, the the Toro Rosso didn't seem to be the fastest car out there. You know, he qualified behind Danny Kvyat again, but. You know he was he was doing a solid job and things happened. Um, Robert Kubica was eighteenth. Uh, now, 
obviously with me coming back straight back here to record this podcast so I can get out for you as soon as possible, I don't really know what went on with Kubica, but he was like 40 seconds behind um, George Russell at one point, and I want to know whether that was, did they bring him in for an extra pit stop? I'm not sure. If they didn't bring him in for an extra pit stop, and that was that was where he was because he had no pace. You know, he abs- he absolutely had no pace. You could see that. It's fucking it's 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 lunacy now. You know, Nicholas Latifi didn't do a bad job in his FP one. Uh, I expect to see him maybe getting another couple of FP ones over the course of the season, and I think he might end up replacing um, Robert Kubica mid mid summer. It might be a midsummer night's dream for uh, uh, Nicholas Latifi. I um, it's it's just wrong. I, I fucking I'm not talking about it again. <laughs> we 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 all know. Everyone knows how I feel about Robert Kubica driving that car. It's very it's a big shame for him. It's a shame that his chance was ruined. It's a shame that something was taken away from him. But he's not getting anything back here, is he? Kevin Magnussen. Um, Awful race for Kevin Magnussen, and uh, including being told off by his uh, his team principal. Essentially, uh, like that'll be enough of your back chat, lad. Um, coming on, coming over the radio, saying this is absolutely the worst race car that I've ever driven since I've been a racing driver. The answer to this would be: don't throw your perfectly good racing car into a wall. And then have your mechanics after this this piece of like art, this car that's been designed from the ground up for you to drive and meticulously put together. Um, to, well, I suppose lots of the bits might have been built for Ferrari drivers, but you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, this car that's been meticulously put together over hours and hours of work of checks and double checks and then you then they because he throws it into a wall they have to throw everybody at it overnight to get it back together in probably about eight hours so yeah don't crash your car and then when you you consider t- like team morale maybe to try and galvanize a team around yourself don't go through and shit the guys that pulled you out of it you know it's not it's not ideal is it so I'm I always find Kevin Magnuson a bit funny. I want to like him. I want to like him, but he just ends up coming across as being a bit of a cock sometimes. And this was another day where Magnuson was being a bit of a cock. So on to uh 16th place, uh George Russell. So George Russell not only um I believe yep, lapped his teammate. He lapped Robert Kubica, so yeah, that forty that though that time must be uh for for Robert must be real. Fucking who knows if he had more pit stops. I'll like I say I'll have to check, but again, battering his teammate, but more importantly, um finishing ahead of Kevin Magnuson as well on the same lap, you know. That's I don't care if that was the worst car um Kevin Magnuson's ever driven. That's a fucking Williams George Russell's in, and that Williams is not doing too well at the minute. Uh, interesting thing about Williams before we before we move completely away from them, I noticed Mercedes put a treat a, a, a treat out a tweet out uh, where they were doing some sort of fan thing and they had Nigel Mansell's championship winning Williams and Lewis Hamilton's championship winning Mercedes. I think it was last year's Mercedes outside the um, 
Mercedes headquarters, which was pretty cool for me to see that door again because I've been there. And it's always weird when you see like it's because I've been I've been there and been to the technology center. It's weird seeing those places again, like places that you 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 saw like Ron Dennis walking around and stuff. It, it gives me a nice feeling when that sort of stuff happens. I hope to do more of those things in the future. Um, but the hashtag for it was uh, um driven to driven together or driven yeah something like that i'll i'll actually check i'll check what it is because i found it i found it massively interesting sorry i shouldn't be fucking doing this on the podcast but you know we run a we run a loose a loose ship around here it's uh it's, where are we i've got a tweet so much didn't i, I tweet so much over the podcast uh, I need to have a little look about what you guys have been saying to me as well. Yeah, there we are. So they put that this hashtag out with uh, hashtag driven by each other. And I wonder whether this is going to be the beginning of um, a maybe partnership by um, Mercedes. Yeah, Mercedes and Williams. We've been wondering whether Mercedes had put money into a Mercedes like engined car. Obviously, it doesn't seem to be going to be going to be Foss India if they've got the the stroll cash coming in. Um, Williams need help, so maybe maybe this is the beginning, like just the sprinklings of some hope that we might not see the end of Williams. But anyway, uh, given what George Russell has underneath him, I think a fine fine race for George Russell. I think he was up to about 14th at one point after the first lap, but obviously, you know, he must have had a really good start. You know, I I think uh I think George Russell could be a potential world champion, like genuine potential world champion there. And um again, it's we we've seen drivers fall out of Formula 1 in the past because they've come into Formula 1 and the team they've come in with have been garbage. So I do hope it doesn't happen to George Russell. Same as Lando. You know, it's, although Lando's got a decent car underneath him, he just doesn't seem to have the look at the minute. Uh, 15th, Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen's worst race of the year. The uh, He just didn't seem to be on top of the Alpha. Um, you know, even Giovinazzi was on top of Kimi. It's... I'm sure, I'm sure he'll write this and uh, hopefully they'll start moving forward again because wherever the... Whatever they've done with that car, that pace, that... Uh, Alfa Romeo was shown at early doors. It's just not happened. I all I can think is is that maybe from wh- uh, when we when we got into Europe, into Spain and stuff, with and the updates started coming to the cars. Maybe the updates just haven't worked for the Alfa Romeo. So it's not it's not the fact that they've fallen backwards. It's everyone else has probably took a bit more of a step forwards. But yeah, bad race for Kimi. Um, Roman Grosjean, une- uneventful race again. I I find I think Haas are that team now. Like, I you always used to be Williams for me when Massa was in was in Williams and um, Bottas was underperforming in the Williams. Um, I always used to say the th- see the Williams and think, oh, is that a is that a better car than what the drivers have managed to produce with it? And now it's um, it's definitely the uh, the Haas that I think might be a better car than the drivers are. Are capable of producing for it, uh, Giovinazzi. Um, do you know what? Giovinazzi is a funny one here because, again, it was a pretty uneventful race. But I thought he should have been on for points from where he was, 
I thought he might have just been able to scrape into the points because, um, you know, it's a, I, I, obviously we didn't expect the racing points to do quite as well as they did do. But, um, yeah, I thought I thought something might come of him. Still no points on the board for Giovinazzi. Uh, he, it's, he needs to do something quickly because if we talk about George Russell and Lando having a bad time, Formula One is is not working out for Giovinazzi at the minute. Uh, Sergio Perez, I think it was a bit of a non non event for him. If I if I remember rightly, it's it's quite difficult to remember back through the field here because there was so much going on out front. The uh, look looking back towards it when you just when you're just looking at things on your own, trying to work out what you're going to talk about later. It's definitely from from up to up before until you get into the points, you uh, you start losing track with of people that are behind. Um, he had the car to get into the points as we saw, but again, didn't just didn't work out for him. Much as Carlos Sainz, Carlos Sainz was put on a uh, an odd strategy because I believe he had an um, he had something stuck in his brake caliper. I'm sure it was the caliper. Um, so they had to pit him early doors, and it it looked like it was working for him at one point. You know, he he'd got himself up into the points, but it was. I mean, I think he seemed to be just on a bit of a hide into nothing there because by by keeping him out and being out for so long, he just had no pace in the end. Um, and then like Danny Kvyat, who finished tenth, he stole his last point off him. You know, he stole the, the, the last point off him. Canada, uh, Canada, that's not a place. You can be a Canadian that lives in Canada. Um, Canada specialist. Uh, Canadian-born um, uh, Lance Stroll. He does it now and again, doesn't he? Now and again, he does a race where you go, Whoa. if you did this every week, every race, every weekend, every other weekend, whatever it is, you, you're a Formula One driver. Like, where's this pace everywhere else? And it tends to be street circuits. He's good around street circuits. Like, he needs to get himself to Formula E. I keep saying he'd be the world's greatest Formula E driver. But you can't argue with it. The guy, the guy's uh, teammate, who's hardly regarded as 12th, he finishes 9th. Um, and he was hustling. You know, it's, he, was, he was racing there today. He kept people behind him. He didn't do anything stupid. Um... I'd actually go as far to say I think it might be Lance's best race, even better than his third place because that was obviously a bit fortunate for him. But he's a, he just drove a good, solid race and got the absolute maximum, probably a little bit more uh, than his car was willing to give to him. Uh, eighth. Now, this isn't ideal, is it? If you're in an, um, a Red Bull in your eighth. So Pierre Gasly, it's he's the guy. I think. I think if anyone up and down the field that's under the under pressure, Gasly is under more pressure than anybody else. He's in a team that doesn't mind doesn't mind shooting the driver. And I mean, what did he finish? Did he start? Did he start fifth? Was he fifth? I think he was fifth. Fifth or sixth? I'm not sure. Anyway, he went backwards. I think the top and bottom is, considering where a teammate finished and started and was held up for a good chunk of time as well, uh, Pierre Gasly should be higher up the order. 
Uh, Nico Hülkenberg, I think, did well to finish seventh because he was uh, suffering with a problem. Um, last of the lap runners was Daniel Ricciardo, who finished sixth. I was kind of hoping that maybe there, maybe we could see some more from him. I mean, this is it, isn't it? This is what what we've got to look at. It's, it was a st- it was a good sign from Renault this weekend, but they were still lapped. You know, it's they've they've still got a long way to go, but at least they were fighting. They were doing something. Uh, of I mean, clearly, clearly, uh, best of the rest from you know what we call F F F one B. They were heading the F one B field. Uh, Max Verstappen finished fifth. Good drive for Max. Made up ten places over the course of the race. So I think he started fifteenth. Um, yeah, it's. He drove a great race. He was held up for a while as well, and to still manage to get up there and to be, you know, well ahead of his teammate as well. It's, I mean, he is—he's just getting the job done, Max Verstappen. He hasn't got the car to win a race. He's barely got the car to, you know, he's probably got the car now and again to scrape a podium in the future. But he hasn't really—he hasn't really had what he'd normally have to work with for a Red Bull. Um, and they don't seem to be complaining about it too much either, which makes me wonder whether they've actually kind of written this car off a little bit. And the, um, you know, there's no there's no big talks of, oh, we can get it, we can we can get within, we can get up to Mercedes this year, or we can get up to, to that. It always seems to be, oh, we will target Ferrari at most races. But obviously, I mean, Ferrari were completely out of reach for them today. Uh, Valtteri Bottas. Fair to middle in recovery drive, finishes fourth. Um, he'd have probably been on the podium if he hadn't crashed. Maybe I, I think he probably he might have got Charles Leclerc if he hadn't have uh, if he hadn't have had that accident uh, in qualifying. Well, not accident in qualifying, but if if he had just had a decent qualifying, I think that spin was what really really rattled him. Um, but yeah, it it was a return of Valtteri Bottas one point as far as I'm concerned, this weekend, uh, he was the Valtteri Bottas that absolutely cannot beat Lewis Hamilton over the course of a season. He can't. He can't be this guy and compete with Lewis over like over a over a season for a championship. He uh, he needs to he needs to be the best Bottas every weekend. I think that's. That's where he's going to fall down. Is that he needs to do a perfect season? It's just it's not going to be possible for him. He's not he's not a world champion in the making. I'm afraid he's a. I, I wouldn't even say he's a he's a good enough number two, because he should be up there with Lewis, and he's not always up there with Lewis. He's had a great start to the season. It'll be interesting now with with, with this race how he responds to it. If he comes and wins the next race, I still think the championship is over now. I think that's done and dusted. But it's whether he can recover himself as a driver for me now over the course of the season or whether he just goes back into that Bottas that qualifies fifth and gets third or gets fourth. And um, maybe if the if the car happens to be like... If Lewis Hamilton has destroyed a race, he might be able to get the one-two for them because they've got that much of a pace advantage. I think that's that's all he is. He's just a he's not as quick. He's he's not as good at being a masser as Massa was. He's certainly not as good at being a masser as Barrichello was. Try and work that logic out. Uh 
Um, so we get to our to the business end, and where, where we start seeing the uh, the issues. Charles Leclerc, I thought they destroyed Charles Leclerc's race when they brought him in. When they did, um, I, I I tweeted a meme that said uh, that aired my thoughts about this. I thought that. I thought they'd fucked him over again. As it turned out, it didn't seem to matter. It's It seems a shame that they did do it because maybe things might have worked out slightly different for Ferrari if they had have done. Because uh, he, he gave so much time away. It was like 10 seconds they gave Mercedes and like 10 seconds. It was, it was a crazy, crazy strategy. Uh, especially when they didn't seem to have the pace on... They didn't seem to have the pace on Mercedes to make that up for him to get back up to the back of Hamilton. They were on the softer tyre. They were all running the sort of same pace. It was only the the mediums where Mercedes really stretched its legs. And through the second half of the race, uh, after the pit stops, the Mercedes was the quickest car. Like, easy, hands down. That was the quickest car on the grid. Um, so Sebastian Vettel was leading the race. Uh he was being chased down by Lewis Hamilton. I, I remember thinking, I don't believe, given how prone to a mistake now and again that Sebastian Vettel is, I don't believe he can take this pressure from Lewis Hamilton for too long. And it would, uh, even when, if Lewis would lock up and the the lead would stretch out to two seconds, um, it's this is a strange one because I personally believe that the right man won. I believe that. But... I've got an issue with how, but he would, the, the the lead could drop back to two seconds. I mean, he made four seconds up after the pit stop um, where Mercedes had left Lewis out too long. In my opinion, I think he should have just come in with Seb. I, I think if they knew how um, much Ferrari would struggle on the medium, I think they would, or it was either medium or hard. I can't remember now. Uh, I think it was the medium. I think if they'd known how Ferrari would have struggled on the harder tyre, I think they would have just brought them in together and let Lewis race it out with him. Um, or brought Lewis in a lap earlier and had him try the undercut because I think if they'd brought him in one lap sooner, he would have had the pace on the medium to probably jump him. There was nothing left in the tyres for hammer time in the end. You know, that, was the, that was the main issue. As Lewis Hamilton said, the tyres are fucked. But as the incident, Lewis is chasing Sebastian down. They go through turn one, they go through turn two. Uh, they come up to back markers. And we, I believe Vettel gets in the toe of the back marker that's ahead. Probably all of a sudden has le- a little less downforce and a little bit little bit of top speed. Locks up, goes onto the grass. Armfuls, uh, arms of oversteer, understeer, crossed up all over the place. Lewis goes to stick it around the outside. Just, I mean, he doesn't get a wheel in, really. He's got, he gets the nose in. Vettel comes over, gathers his car together. Lewis has to back out. Now, I've got issues. Vettel would then go on to get a five-second te- time penalty. Now, there's been many different people talking to me about this, and I understand both sides of it. Personally... I don't think there was anything else Vettel could do. I think uh, the rule that he's been pulled up on about coming in back in, back in a safe manner is for uh, people that skip skip bits of track on purpose or get forced off and then 
come back on with full speed. He there was nothing he could do about that. There was no he was more concerned about keeping himself out of the world than he was staying in front of Lewis Hamilton. The only th- the only thing I can say is I I think the better solution would be would have been telling Vettel there then Radio and Vettel and saying you need to let Lewis through and they and do him for um leaving the track and gaining an advantage. But he didn't gain an advantage. He made a mistake, but by keeping the place, I suppose he got he did get an advantage. But really, when Lewis stuck his car his his car in there, I think Vettel had every right to cut him off. He didn't cut him off, to be perfectly honest, but if he if he was in control of the car, he did have every right to put his to put his car there. There wasn't enough of Lewis's car to to, to allow him space but Lewis did force him into making an error I think Lewis probably would have got past him if this hadn't have happened if he hadn't been given the time penalty and Lewis just pounded the pressure on because that let's not pretend that Lewis dropped back for any other reason apart from the fact he uh it was for the stewards that like Lewis is going to say he didn't want to win like that and I'm sure he doesn't want to win like that but I think he he probably believes in himself. Look, I forced a mistake there. Any other circuit where it wasn't so narrow, I'd have got through. And that's a fair that's a fair point as well. But these guys are racing drivers at the end of the day. We want to watch them race. Um how how long has it been where you've had two drivers on the same lap on the same tire with no no pit stops to do running at that similar pace? With 30 laps left to go, and you go, this is it. These are going to do this till the end of the race. Something's going down, and one of these guys is going to win the race. And it was robbed from us. We shouldn't we we shouldn't be berating about, we shouldn't be arguing with each other about um, the win, or who, who deserved to win, or who didn't deserve to win, or, or even whether Vettel did deserve the penalty. At the end of the day, they stole the show from us. I I personally don't think that was a deserving of a penalty. Um, anywhere else it would have been like the uh, incident at Suzuka in two thousand eighteen was brought up to me. I'll, uh, um, I won't I won't give the guy a shout out just in case he doesn't want his Twitter uh, Twitter name shared with the world. But the uh, it was to, second to last corner after the chicane. Um, Verstappen left the circuit and came back on uh, in front of Kimi Raikkonen and he got a similar penalty for it now the difference with this this is here he locks up and the way he lock, locks up if you lock up there you're you're going to be pushed left like towards the runoff area he chose to throw his car right and come straight back in in front of Kimi Raikkonen and he hit him as well that shouldn't go unnoticed. I think that should be the main thing here is is that these guys are, t- are two of the best drivers in the world. Probably the best. If you take... Um, like it, 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 I'm not having the Alonso argument. He's not there at the moment. So on the, on the field at the moment, they're the best two drivers of a generation, I think. Um and that's why they didn't hit each other. That's why Vettel didn't go in the wall. If that, if uh, someone said, if Grosjean had done that, um, the, all hell would break loose. If Grosjean had done that, he would have crashed. He wouldn't have been able to keep it on the track. 
and he probably would have crashed into Lewis or crashed clean into the wall and then Lewis would have hit him. Um, you, there has to be nuance to these things. We can't... It's it, Just to say, oh, well, that that's the letter of the law, it's... There has to be a nuance. I, I don't think it was applied properly there. I almost think it's a gutless decision from the... Um, for, uh, from the stewards in that case to just go well this is exactly what the prince says so that's what I'm going to do that's fine in that case let's get rid of stewards but why why do it why not just have a bunch of lawyers doing it because I'm sure they can interpret the rules and go yeah well uh, we, we can work it out with time if, if someone is so so close to somebody else and somebody can work it all out on a calculator but the reason we have stu- racing drivers in the stewards office is for moments like this um, it's just a shame. Like I say, we we were going to have another what eighteen laps of this. Um, I think without the penalty, I do think Lewis would have got past eventually. I don't think Vettel had the pace to win that race. Um, I think Lewis half-heartedly tried to overtake him on track. I think if he'd have had a chance to DRS him down the main straight, he probably would have done it, but. If you're if you're within a second, you know the guy in front of you's got a five second penalty. You're not going to risk your life, are you? Well, no, you know your life, car, chance of winning, just to get past. But I did a little poll. We might as well have a quick look at my poll. I mean, the uh, my my Twitter's gone absolutely off talking about this with people. Um, I'm sorry if if you've messaged since I've been doing this, and I'm not like you. That we, we we might have another quite excellent tweet. Um, I did I did a quick poll. The the results are in now. I only did it for an hour just because I wanted to do it before I did this. Uh, the results for the poll were uh, said penalty yes or no. Uh, no got sixty seven percent and yes got thirty three percent. That was a total of forty six votes. Um, I can't. I can't disagree with it. I, I who, I'm fucking sticking up for Ferrari. But this is crazy. I'm sticking up for Ferrari. I'm, I'm sticking up for Sebastian Vettel here. I don't think it was their race. Like Sebastian said, a, a win was stole off them. I think. Um, I think, like I said, I think Lewis would have passed him anyway. But we were stole. We we had that race taken off us. That's what I object to. Um. I'm glad Sebastian went on the podium. I think it would have just caused a bigger shitstorm if he didn't. Um, I'm not sure whether moving the numbers around was a great move. Um, I think it proved a point. But, but if this if this raises the alarm bells to Formula One that they need to try and sort their shit out when it comes to rules, if this is where it gets us, then fucking great. Because we've we've moaned about penalties for a long time now. This is not a new thing. We've moaned about penalties being too harsh on people. So I don't know. I mean, it, it's so up in the air. But I do I do think the majority of people are going in the camp of you know it's even even like Lewis Hamilton supporters are saying this isn't it's not right. It's not motor racing. Formula One's in such a fractured state at the minute. You know it's. We've got these 2021 rules coming up where everything felt like it was moving in sort of a progressive way to get it done. And then you hear um, it's trying to, they're trying to push it back to 2022 and 
you just somebody needs to take a grip of Formula One and show it itself and like this is what you've got and you're you're squandering this. Nothing is too big to fail. I, I they need to remember that. I think sometimes Formula One's blinded with its own self importance. Um but I mean I, I thought I like when Lewis was chasing Sebastian, I tweeted He's can he handle this? And then we went off. I said, he, but he's bottled it, and he did. He but he did bottle it. He made a mistake. Lewis forced him into an error. Oh, but it just, it in my head, that isn't then a slam dunk. He slam dunk. He should, he should, he should be in the lead just because you forced someone into a mistake. What happened to the days where racers would race each other? And they'd be watching for mistakes and they'd be trying to force their their uh, opponent into making a mistake. And instead of radioing in, because there is a, there is a, um, uh, Susie, who's, who I speak to on Twitter about Formula One, pointed out that, um, oh fuck, I forgot what she said now. <laughs> um, sorry, I've lost my fucking train of thought. Um, that you know, it's he was forced into he was forced into the error essentially. You know, it's and I do I, I oh sorry no she said Lewis Lewis instigated it by radioing in the first place. That was right. Sorry that I, I had so many tweets to go through in my little tiny mind. Then it's not it doesn't quite work quick enough sometimes. And I get that, but I think it's a uh, I think it's a natural response. But is it being a natural response a good thing? Probably not. Uh, it's in in the same way as if I don't like football, but you see, like footballers are trained to dive now, and it's that's not right either. But because of the way the rules are enforced, they they reward those actions. Where if it if the if the rules if if the rules were put out to a point where we knew that Vettel probably wouldn't get a penalty for for that because because there was no contact because he it should be down to intent in my eyes he left the track he made a mistake he came back on was it unsafe maybe it was slightly it was unsafe for the, uh, when he the way he came back on did he do it on purpose absolutely not did it cause any an issue absolutely not is there anything else he could have done and that's the big one for me I don't think there is anything else he could have done. So, in a racism, in in a pure racing world, to me, Lewis should have been instead of radioing in to home base saying he came back on the track unsafely, he should have been thinking he's cracked. I've broke him. I need to stay on him. I need to stay on him. He's going to do this again in another corner. I'm going to get past him and panic him into making another mistake. But instead, what happened was I think Lewis purposely backed off, knowing that if he backed off the penalty was probably coming to save him. And then when it didn't seem to be coming to save him, he made the time up because he dropped back to like fucking four seconds, didn't he? And they soon made that up. The The speed difference between Mercedes and Ferrari on that tyre was huge. So, I like I say, I think he'd have found a way around anyway. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is going to go on. I'm sure there's extra stuff that's being talked about that I'll, we'll speak about to, tomorrow when I'm on uh, Three Legs, Four Wheels that you can listen to later on during the week. Um, but 
please get in touch with me. Um, I, I I know I asked for questions before and I did get some of your questions in, but I haven't had a chance to go through them and find them because I want to get back here as soon as I could do, get get the show recorded and get it out for you. Um, yeah, I'm I'm sad. I'm sad for Formula One. That's it. I'm sad that. I'm sad Lewis Hamilton was booed on the podium because I don't think it was his fault. I know he raided it in, but it's not. He's still not the target of this. The target is the adjudication of it, and it's just that they are racing drivers that we need to let racers race, and I can't. I I just can't get. I can't understand where. Because there's so much money involved in Formula One and teams have so much power. I can't see a resolution to this because the T like Toto Wolf was justifying the penalty when he was speaking in the afterwards in the paddock to the Sky Guys. And like Martin Brundle said very clear things. He said it's just if it was the other way around, you'd be jumping up and down saying that this this is wrong. And Toto sort of said no and I I don't believe it. You know, there has to be a point where these guys need to speak for the good of the sport. They got the win today, and they and as I said, I think, I think it was a good, a good outcome. It was a good outcome for um, Formula One. I've just realised actually, this is how fucking crazy it got. I've just remembered. I stuck money on Lewis Hamilton, so I've just won fifty quid. I forgot all about that. That perfect is. That, that, there we go. I got £10 for each second that Vettel got a penalty for. Um, wow, I'd completely forgot about that. That's really cool. I'm I'm now, I'm I'm well up in my Formula 1 betting. Yeah, I'd, I'd forgot. Brilliant. But it's, regardless of what I've got out of it, they, they need to speak for the good of the sport. And I think this is... It's not good. You heard the reaction from the people. You heard the reaction Vettel got. God, he's a... Um, when you when you think about the days where Vettel used to get booed off because of the multi-21 situation, that was that was t- paid back on him today, wasn't it? He's uh, He walked out of, that, out of the Mercedes garage, a god. But um, it's just... I don't know. I've like, I don't. I don't know enough now. There's, I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's extra stuff going on that we can all talk about all the way through the week. Please get in touch with me on Twitter. Uh, that's what my Twitter's there for: is to speak to you guys. Uh, I'm at Tolshunt on Twitter. Um, if you want to help support this podcast, for those of you that don't know that are listening to this on the uh, separate link for Hotlap, um, I do a, a load of podcasts with various people. Obviously, I do this one on my own. I don't think there's anyone with me. I'm not that crazy just yet. Um, the podcast network is called Musi Audio. If you go to Patreon and you look for Musi Audio, you will find two tiers there. There's a $2 tier and a $5 tier. I'm in the process of trying to work some more stuff out for you guys. So if you, there might be another couple of tiers which get you some extra goodies as well. Um, if you sign up to the $2 tier, you get this podcast Start, continue, must see audio, and Woken Dead, and you'll be able to get those ad-free. Um, if you sign up for $5, you'll get that, and you get the extra podcasts that we do, which is that there's a movie podcast, uh, an extended podcast. Um, so, and anything else, uh, sometimes I throw separate ones up when something 
if if something crazy happens, I'll throw it. I'll throw an extra podcast up about something if it's if it tickles my my fancy. I uh, when AEW wrestling starts, I am seriously considering doing an AEW wrestling podcast. I've uh, I love pro wrestling, and I think it'd be really cool to get back into doing. I used to do a wrestling podcast, but I fell out of lo- love with it. Anyway, uh, if you if you like this show. And you want to help out? If you want to just go in and like put a uh, stick a dollar to us, just to just to help out, that's that's all good. You might as well stick the extra dollar to it and get rid of the get rid of the adverts. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot for supporting. If uh, if you've got any questions for me or uh, anything, shoot them my way. Uh, as I said, a total shot on Twitter, and um, I will see you guys next week for an update and we can talk more about the aftermath of Canada Gate. See you later people. Bye bye. Oh, that's it, dude! We are world champions! World champions!